I'm Bill Lawrence, and welcome to another edition of my Big Bag of Onions. show is a carefully curated selection of undeservedly unfamiliar songs and a dozen brand new short stories written exclusively for Colm Radio and especially for this show by you, our listeners. So it's time for you to sit back because this is Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Layer by Layer by Alex Jacobi Every time he peeled an onion, he started crying. The tears were not provoked by the chemical that permeated the air at the first touch of the knife. He was sure of that since his eyes still moistened even if he submerged the onion in water. Nor was he crying with laughter, although there was something satirical about the onion. No, what made him weep was the reminder which struck him as forcefully as it had Pierre Gint, that life itself was an onion. You could peel it away layer by layer, until in the end, there was nothing left. 
Riches by Zafira from Indonesia. A series of unfortunate events happened to Saka, an ex-multimillionaire who chose to live far away from the crowd. He was daydreaming in his farmer's hut. Suddenly, there was an old man dressed all in black with a dagger and a batik blankon on his head. Saka was confused. He didn't know where the old man had come from. I know a shaman who can restore your situation to what it was, the smiling old man whispered. Look around you. There are people meditating and praying for greater riches. Carelessly, Saka agreed and followed where the old man led him. But we need 12 grand Gonna need your cash Don't mind the gun Bring my baby on the run Cause I Dream you. 
time to come Say the word, it shall be done We don't give a damn what people say We hit hard, we make our getaway Brown-eyed bandit, bottle blonde Gonna count to ten and we'll be gone Bankrolls flying, cloud of dust They can't mess with us Cause I need a diamond ring Big expensive things He hits that gasoline When I say here we go Gonna smash that new guitar And crash that fancy car Cause there ain't no thing that's going way too far Cause love don't stop for nothing onion in this show tastes of our community stay tuned for our full recipe of onion chat and music mixed and cooked to perfection do not repeat do not leave your onions unattended full terms and conditions apply Is this the way to Amarillo? By Yvonne Pini. Shouldn't we be concerned about this? Surely he knows the way to sweet Marie, who allegedly waits for him. If he doesn't, is that because she fled to get away from him? to the epicenter of anonymity ravaged by dust storms, where tumbleweed and cattle trucks roll through on their way to somewhere else. Sweet Marie may not be waiting. She may have a new life, free from the violent sociopath who made life wretched for so long, ignoring restraining orders and stalking her until finally imprisoned. My advice? Don't tell him. sleeping across the ocean wide and I'm headed there tomorrow upon the morning tide my boots of burnished leather cracking at the seams upon the North Atlantic like each night in my dreams and billows Cascades to her waist It's the color of the field corn and latter autumn days And it smells of white oak burning And haunts me to the core And I swear I see her standing Beneath the lentil of our door
Guinevere's calling In every waking sound From the sky down to the breathing darkness Deep beneath the ground Guinevere, I love you As I look into your eyes The stars diminish silently And fall out of the sky Guinevere sleeps soundly Until I do return The interceding hours I would gladly burn To stand beneath your window In the slicing prairie when Guinevere sleeps soundly Till I do return again Guinevere sleeps soundly till I do return again Shoebox Love by Sophie Drunogel Hand-knitted shawl for warmth, she's been left propped near the window of swaying trees. Blossoms flurry in the spring breeze, the shoebox ever ready on the top shelf, but she can't reach. Peppered with holes, lined with a soft tea towel for injured birds that hit the window in the excitement of youth. Leave in a quiet place for two hours, then take outside, open the lid, and away they fly. Her eyes now closed, her breathing shallow and slow, and then the knock. Her eyes open. The baby sparrow falls motionless to the frozen ground outside. Final breaths.
We're serving extra tasty onions today with additional onion vitamins and minerals. Exclusively brought to you by our writers from our own community. Enjoy the full onion experience exclusively on 106.6 FM, Colm Radio. The Empty Podium by Adrian Cohen Being the only foreigner living in the harbour town on the edge of the Indonesian rainforest, I was asked to speak as the guest of honour at the graduation day celebration of a secondary school. I agreed to do it. Unfortunately, I completely forgot about it and didn't show up. There were no phones, no texts, no emails back then. A week later, I was being shown pictures of the event by one of the students. To my horror, Visible in almost every photo, a huge banner suspended across the stage, emblazoned with my name and aggrandizing words of welcome. question the path I never chose when the greater order gets to me I wipe it off my nose I love the joy that's all around me I love this creaky town the box they built was pretty but it could not bring me down I don't feel gravity no 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 I don't feel gravity no 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 when people say to me you don't lead you follow I don't feel gravity no 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 Branson's in denial that you want to be his friend for all of the wrong reasons it almost hurts his head an impossible equation that he just can't rectify he spoils the conversation and I always wonder why I don't feel gravity no 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 Clothes for the prettiest of women, put the press all satin rose. But in his head, he doubts that he can be the center of the show. All I wanna do is say this future is your own. I don't feel gravity, no, no, no. I don't feel gravity, no, no, no. When people say to me, The Wish by Tony Pierce. Galena's life changed irrecoverably with the fall of the Kingdom of Gargos. There was no joy. She hated the daily bloodfest. Overworked and with no time to sharpen her teeth, she flew frantically against the wind, heavy rain battering her tiny form. Do your worst, 
she shrieked. Lightning struck. The little mosquito struggled on. A voice boomed. Why won't you be beaten by my mighty tempest? To admit defeat is to admit that my wish will not come true. What is your wish, little Galena? To restore the kingdom. Fat chance, it replied, crushing her with an almighty thunderbolt. Self I by Jenny Miller. Uh, that's two hundred and fifty, and your identity, please. Emma handed over her cards as the receptionist began to shrink. Her hair grew shorter, straighter, and lighter, and lines appeared on her skin. Her expression softened and her makeup faded until Emma found herself looking at a familiar face, her own. The woman picked up Emma's cards and carefully tucked them into her handbag. I'm tired, she heard her own voice saying. I want to go home. Where do we live? Wait, first there's this root canal treatment and an extraction. Then we pick up the five kids. She gave the cards back. Ah! Uh-huh. 
story short, the excuse is long. Darling, oh, darling, I wasn't looking for someone else, just some other part of myself. Oh, I just saw someone in the back Oh, darling Oh, darling If temptation creates the thief The pleasure cannot match the grief Oh, darling Here on 106.6 FM Colne Radio, we only serve the finest onions. Each one has been lovingly and organically hand-reared, using only our finest onion juice and our generations of deep onion knowledge to produce these award-winning soundscapes of original stories and perfectly chosen music. Steve Gow. Renovating the three-bedroomed semi-detached love nest would be a simple matter for two highly motivated 22-year-olds kicking their first property into blissful shape. They had stretched themselves to buy the house and had put the rest of their money into boilers, basins and battening. But now, with the house a blank canvas of pouty pink plaster and with Rocco, God knows where, Shaley sat on the dusty concrete floor and sobbed, her fingers wiping tears from the glossy brochure of mockers, topes and elephant breaths. Choosing the paint for the lounge had been the cause of their first argument. 
Gladys Hornet. For many churches, the bells calling the faithful to services or weddings or funerals is just a recording. Emergency services bells are pneumatic and electronic sirens. The school bell, replaced by a buzzer, no longer rings to hasten the lazy child or to mark the end of playtime. Now, no bells to pull outside houses or, for the affluent, a row of bells to summon the servants. And the rag and bone man ringing his bell is no more. But as it said in the film, Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. It's a wonderful life.
my skin If I evolve, revolve and spin I'll grow a pearl, a string of pearls Each one a story under my skin Would not give up, did not give in A string of pearls A shimmering silken than bone I've been through all this and I can show I my skin bones turning swirls of all I know Dogs Return to Their Vomit by Caroline Amanda The reason for our divorce had been mental cruelty. The survivor's message board had warmth generated by anonymous disinhibition and shocking, liberating detail. Getting it off our chests. No self-blame. Looking ahead. Maybe even looking for love. There was one man who'd suffered at the hands of his partner. I was enthralled by how the set pieces, the suffocations, the harangues, the psychological cul-de-sacs, the sleepless nights spent chewing over paralyzing injustices, how they all mirrored mine. Exactly. I was drawn to him and asked privately for his number. Oh, God. I checked it again, trembling. It was my ex-husband's number. You have been listening to 100 Word Onions, written exclusively for Colm Radio by Alex Jacobi, Zafira, Yvonne Pini, Sophie Drinogel, Adrian Cohen, Tony Piers, Jenny Miller, Steve Gow, Gladys Hornet, and Caroline Amanda. And so that's all we have time for, for this edition of the show. If you would like to contribute an onion, just get in touch, either with Colm Radio or via the Bill's Big Bag of Onions Facebook page. And remember, the stories must be exactly 100 words long. So join us again soon, on a Tuesday or a Sunday evening, for the next edition of Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Be seeing you. Productions present From Colchester to Sulawesi Written for Colm Radio by Phil Boast and Paula Larcher Episode 17 Between the Old Life and the New 
It's time to think about renting out the cottage. This will be our bolt hole if things go wrong in Indonesia and we need to come back. But we need someone to live here, and the rental income will be handy to say the least. Our business model and cash flow projections for our new business in Bohowo tell us absolutely nothing, since we don't have either. All we know, really, is that we're going to live in a small Indonesian fishing village with a dive center down the road and a marine national park at the end of the garden. Otherwise, we rely upon a deep well of collective optimism, which thus far hasn't run dry, so we'll just have to hope it keeps raining. In our darkest moments, we still wonder sometimes what the hell we're doing, but we don't have many dark moments, and a couple of bottles of red wine invariably enlightens our small and intimate world. It's easy now for us to project ourselves to our lodge on a bright tropical morning, overlooking an azure blue sea and surrounded by coconut trees, or to a warm equatorial evening when the cicadas are in full song. That's the easy part. And one thing that is certain is that's where we want to live. But the rest is blind faith in ourselves, in each other, and in us, which has so far not let us down. So far it's been an adventure. And the deep shared philosophy underlining all of this is that if life's not an adventure, then what's the point to it? In order to feel the wind on your face, you have to open the door to life's possibilities and step outside. And once you've stepped outside, there's no going back. But still, philosophy doesn't pay the bills, so we have to get practical. And to this end, we contact a couple of local rental agencies to register the property, thinking that it will take a while to find tenants. In the event, it takes about a day. And the people are keen to move in as soon as possible, so we got that wrong then. I mean, it's a period property, retaining what estate agents might call many original features. It's all oak beams, dodgy-looking walls, and ingle-nook fireplaces, so I suppose it should have been no surprise. But anyway, all of a sudden, we have to move out of the cottage, and a bit of reality has just smacked us in the face. And we will shortly be homeless, at least in this part of the world. I go and see Carol and explain the situation to her. We're not ready to go yet. The lodge isn't in a fit state to receive guests. We're still demolishing and building churches over there. Phil has to finish his contract and I have to formalise things with work and give notice that I'll be taking my career break. So I wonder what advice Big Sister is going to offer. Rather than see us sleeping rough on the mean streets of Colchester, she suggests that of course we should move in with her, John and the children until such time as we move to Bohowo. They've got a big house and a big ensuite guest room, plenty of capacity for them, three kids and a couple of waifs and strays. So we have somewhere to live, at least. This is not, after all, the first time during our sibling lives that she's bailed me out in awkward situations. There's a long and involved history here. So why change the habits of a lifetime? So then, to practicalities. And since the cottage is to be let unfurnished, the most immediate problem is what are we going to do with all of our furniture? Our house before the cottage was huge. Quite apart from the house itself, there was a long-since-disused Nazarene chapel attached to it, which Phil and some builder friends converted into a chapel-sized dining room, complete with walk-in fireplace. So we had to shed some furniture to move here. But we've still got quite a lot to find house room for. Normally, when moving house, one would have another one to put it all in. But we don't have that luxury, our next abode being about 7,000 miles away. The irony of all of this being that we don't have enough furniture over there, whereas here we have the opposite problem. We've looked into the possibility of shipping a container to Indonesia, but no shipping company will take anything of that bulk further than Singapore, so that isn't an option. Nor are long-term storage facilities, since if all goes well and we don't come back, it could end up being very long-term indeed. What is also ironic is that we once had some huge urns shipped over here from Lombok when we were on holiday there. But there's no way to get them back to our particular part of Indonesia. So we phone round and speak with friends. 
Martin and Jill will be pleased to take our leather sofa and armchairs. Mike and Leone, our neighbours, take our garden furniture. And Phil's mum has a spare room in which we can put the dining table and chairs. So we manage to offload quite a lot of the larger items, and the Land Rover comes into its own now as a removals vehicle. Our iron beds are coming with us to Carol's, as are some of the smaller and more exotic items of furniture, which we've collected over the years. And of course the urns are coming, and Phil's guitars. Anyway, somehow or another, with some creative interior redesigned by Carol, we managed to get everything in. And John will refer to our room hereafter as the Oriental Suite, on account of the Oriental nature of some of the furnishings therein. Clothes are the other thing, unless the next ice age in the sequence comes quicker than anyone has anticipated, we won't need winter coats, jackets and so on, one degree north of the equator. So I give my best leather coat to Martin, and otherwise Carol's wardrobes and the drawers in the Oriental suite become crammed to more than their intended capacity. On our various trips, we've left clothes in Bohowo and travelled back with empty suitcases, so we'll have something to wear at least in our new lives. This is particularly pertinent to me, since although I'm not particularly big by Western European standards, about six feet tall and medium build, I'm bigger than most Indonesians and I can't buy clothes big enough in Minado, so I'll have to bring everything from here. Alex and Edward are getting to the age and size now where my clothes are starting to fit them, and Edward in particular is starting to show an interest in my wardrobe, which was quite in vogue during the 1970s, my having not moved over much with the times since then, either in attitude or attire. I am what might be described as a walking time capsule. I have, for example, grandpa vests, which have seen better than two decades and are thus getting nicely worn in. And I see Edward wearing them about the place and when he goes out, and in my less than fashion conscious opinion, he looks very cool indeed, handsome young man that he anyway is. 
Clothes within the family are in any case a fairly fluid thing. We rather take an ownership is theft attitude, which gives me right of passage to John's suits when I need them, and I am pleased and proud to pass on my humble and much-loved attire to my much-beloved nephew, and may it serve him as well as it has served me. I only make one exception to this general rule, and Janet kindly agrees to give wardrobe space and thus safe and deep storage to my dinner jackets and some of Paula's posh frocks and shoes. But in any case, thus do we distribute our worldly goods and chattels and end up with an empty cottage. We have the place commercially cleaned and walk away. And there is something deeply symbolic about closing the door for the last time on a life which no longer exists. Moving out of the cottage focuses our thoughts on the near future. It's very comfortable for us both to live in the bosom of the family and to spend so much time with John, Carol and the kids. And there's no pressure to leave. But we can't live here forever albeit that this will be the place we will come back to in the future and will be our home from home in England. We're leaving for Bohowo in a week for a sort of working holiday and this time we are taking our good friends Sean and Alison with us. It seems an age since Alison and I worked together early in my civil service career and she and Sean will join us on our penultimate visit before our final departure to a new life. I suggest to Phil that a good date would be the 13th of August, which is about three months hence, and we will then arrive in Bohowo on the 14th, which is Phil's birthday. Phil agrees, and we have a date and three months in which to have our lodge in a fit and ready state to greet our first guests, whenever and whoever they may be. Don't you go Find out what further adventures are in store for Phil and Paula as they travel from Colchester to Sulawesi in the next episode of Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Bill's Big Bag of Onions is a guppy production for Cone Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience.